Welcome to another episode of the Access Vikings podcast. My name is Andrew Kramer, joined by Ben Gessling and Michael Rand of the Star Tribune from TCO Performance Center, where the Minnesota Vikings are preparing for Taylor Swift and the Kansas City Chiefs. <laughs> is she lining up at like <laughs> wide receiver? She is, right next to Travis Kelsey. Okay. Right? Yes. It's it's a duo that you just don't want to face. No. Uh, high scoring. Running like pick plays and <laughs> zone read concepts. I mean, yeah, this is silly. It's silly season, but she's probably going to be here right like she's they're two and oh since she started showing up at games she's got this movie to promote the nfl and taylor swift are like this unstoppable like synergistic force in operating independently of each other there's there's like all this attention but you combine these forces and it's i think they both like what's going on i sort of wonder i mean you have to think that they have tried to get her to the super bowl halftime show as many times as she's been a thing the last few years and the fact that she's never done it I wonder if for the, those who are thinking this is all a publicity stuff, yeah. is it a, well, I'm not going to do your halftime show, but I will show up and create lots of buzz by associating with having a friendship or relationship, no one knows, yeah. with one of your star players and a colorful character on your Super Bowl winning team. I, I don't know. I could see it absolutely not being real and totally a sponsorship or marketing ploy to you know, get the best out of both worlds. But hey, um, I, I think the Vikings could um, benefit from the attention, right? They're one and three and nobody's giving them a shot to win this game. No, they, no one is giving them much of a chance to win it. Um, I, I mean, I guess I see, I certainly see the challenge of it, but the, uh, the Lions, the Chiefs have not looked unbeatable and are the Chiefs sort of on autopilot until we get later into the season? Well, we saw that a little bit with them, I think, last year too, where they they didn't come out just blowing people's doors off right away. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's I don't think it's impossible that it it's close. I just think you know Patrick Mahomes is uh, a lot to deal with for this defense. Yeah, I mean. If if Brian Flores got to play against a rookie quarterback or coach against a rookie quarterback every week, I think the Vikings would be in great shape this year. But that level of like the what he likes to do doesn't seem like it's going to work against Mahomes unless they're particularly good at doing it, right? Because you can't really blitz him that much, or you're going to pay for it, and you can't sit back because he'll pick you apart too. So it's you know it's one of those things where the strengths don't seem to align very well with this matchup. Yeah, unlike the Lions who had the fortune of facing the Chiefs without Travis Kelsey, without Chris Jones, the, the Chiefs have both of those guys back. Um, it's not like Ben said, though. It's not like Kansas City's been world beaters. They just barely beat the Jets. Uh, they obviously lost to the Lions, as we mentioned. They blew the doors off the Bears, but who, but ha- who doesn't? Who hasn't beaten who the Bears? Who hasn't? The Bears amazingly haven't won a game since October 2022, I think. It's been, oh, yeah. it's been a very long, it's like and, 14 game losing streak. And they stand to have the top two picks in the draft as of right now. <laughs> yes, they do. Hey, you know, maybe they have the Panthers pick too. That is not a competitive rebuild. That's just a rebuild. That's just a, <laughs> it's a nice place to be. <laughs> they could take, we're going to take one of the quarterbacks. We take, they could take both of them. Take them both. Well, take them both. Have yeah, them battle yeah, honestly, it out. Change my mind yeah. from taking them both. <laughs> I mean, yes, you could hold the entire draft hostage with yeah. that scenario. <laughs> I, just for the like, just for the sheer comedy of it. Just well, and for those of us who cover a potentially quarterback needy team, yeah, uh, the sheer content value of that. Yes, I'm here for it. Like 
both of those quarterbacks are on your division rival. Talk about that. <laughs> or, or you try to make a trade in yeah. your division to get one of them. Well, Quasey's done that before. He wouldn't be he wouldn't be opposed to that. There's but. Justin Fields angle the whole thing too. Is is there any momentum to be gained from that win in Carolina because of how they looked? Because we've, I mean, it seemed like it was Kirk's worst game of the season, yet it's the one they won. They at least don't have a blank space next to the win column. That's anymore. true. He got to the, the Taylor Swift reference first. I did. I beat you to it. And blank yeah, space. It's fine. Yeah. But uh, we didn't learn a whole <laughs> lot, a did we? We, mine. <laughs> we learned that they can beat a bad team, but barely. I mean, they certainly could have lost that game. Um, I don't know. We learned that the defense can win a game against a, a bad offense. I don't think we learned a whole lot, though. No. No. I mean, I think the fact that they won i mean like you say it's when it's a bad kirk game the fact that they won when kirk could show up and say it's me i'm the problem it's me um that's the only one i'm going to do that's that's it i promise <laughs> I don't, I don't, don't turn the podcast I, I off i'm I, done i, I, I don't believe, i don't believe you <laughs> I don't believe that's your last one well, you got one in your game I, preview last week i did throw it in there same song but yeah. I did throw one in there. Yeah, you did. I, I, I caught it. Yeah, the you lurching know. toward yes. your favorite city. Yes, yes, I saw that. I saw that. I'm watching you. I don't trust So, <laughs> to clarify this very quickly. Uh-huh. Very quickly. Very quickly. Andrew's getting annoyed with this, but whatever. He likes it. It's fine. He secretly likes He's it. He's fine. Um, the My avenue into Taylor Swift is sort of becoming my 11-year-old daughter, but actually, there's this dude on... Uh, I get on Spotify, but he's on YouTube too. This guy named Alex Melton that does all these really fun covers. It's like if Blink-182 wrote this song, um, he's done a lot of Taylor Swift covers as Blink-182, and this dude is super talented. Okay. So his cover of Antihero is very good. This is okay. unsolicited publicity yeah. for this guy, but I've become a big fan of him. And so that's kind of your entry point to Taylor Swift. That is sort of my entry point to Taylor Swift. I mean, I suppose being a human being with some general awareness of pop culture for the last 15 years has done that too, but no, in terms of actually knowing song lyrics, um, he's fun. So he does a lot of different stuff. Has a, a great version of Wonderwall by mm. the premier Britpop band of the 1990s, Second, Oasis. Second best. Second best pop, Britpop band of the 90s. We got to shake it off. And we got, oh, oh, Andrew got Andrew one. Knows. All right. We, Andrew, we've hit did, the hat trick. Andrew, what did you learn from the Panthers <laughs> game, if anything? I, uh, I, I learned that they still can't hold on to the football, that Kirk is still capable of these bad games, and that, yeah, to your point, um, this defense can look decent and, and they can outcoach a bad offense. But Harrison, I, Harrison Smith should be their designated pass rusher because he, he can at least finish a sack. Well, they've been trying forever. They, yeah. they he I think he blitzed uh, five plus times in each of the first two games, or no three. All, it was all three because it was the Herbert game too that he was close on, and he just couldn't finish and couldn't get there. And finally, you get a quarterback who's young enough, holds the ball, doesn't get it out, make the read fast enough. Um, it was kind of a vintage Harrison Smith game. Yeah, and I think it's the role that he kind of wanted to play in this defense. I mean. I think he's enjoyed the schemes that have allowed him to move around and you kind of do a lot of different things. And it's probably even more of that in this. I mean, I feel like he's around the line of scrimmage more often than not. And he, I mean, certainly did a lot of this with Mike Zimmer, but they didn't bring him as much, anywhere near as much as Brian Flores has. So I first game on Sunday with three sacks, I think it was the first game even with two. He never was, had more yeah. than one and a half. In a game, so yeah, they're they're getting a lot of different looks that involve him, and I think it's a 
good application of his ability to disguise, his ability to read things at this point in his career. So, yeah, it's worked well. Grand Casino would like to take a moment and salute the true football fan. The passion. The hope. The anticipation. That incomparable feeling of winning. Grand Casino would also like to take a moment to remind you that you can find all that anticipation, thrill, and winning at Grand Casino. Grand Casino. Let your story begin. Mike, did that change your opinion all about what they got left in the tanks? I think there was some discussion through those first three games of what, what does Harrison Smith have left? Um, yeah, I think that's fair. I think he, he did show something in that game that maybe he's he's got more left than I thought. I think I think we did learn that Davenport makes a difference, at least in that game. Like, I, mm. I didn't know, like, you, you, you see – you know, a guy who had half a sack last year, they sign him for, you know, a lot of guaranteed money. You're like, what is going on here? Like, how good is this guy really? And I start to form, like, wild conspiracy theories in my head. Like, well, they signed this guy because they're tanking. Um, <laughs> then he plays, and they're and, and and he's good. Like, he was he affected that game like, like a Zadarius Smith might have last year. So maybe we have to kind of readjust what we saw from the defense in the first three weeks and say, okay – add Marcus Davenport to those games, they probably win one of those two home games because he makes two or three plays that affect the outcome of that game. Maybe that defense can be better as long as he and Daniil Hunter are healthy. That is important, yeah. Davenport finally plays a big workload. I think it was 60-plus percent of the snaps. Um, He looked healthy. He looked like he at least wasn't bothered by the ankle issue. That kept him out of most of those first three games. And he was somebody that could play on the edge, play on the interior. He stood up over center on a long third down at one point in that game. And, Ben, I guess it looks like somebody that, if Brian Flores maybe wanted to try to rely on a four-man rush, might be able to trust him and Hunter on the field together. Yeah, and they really have not shown to this point like they want to even entertain that on a regular basis. I mean – this may be the week because Blitzik Patrick Mahomes can be a dangerous way to live. If you're going to do it, yes, I think it's easier to do so if you have Davenport. It's interesting, so the times where they've tried a four-man rush, I mean, I wrote about this this week, they have all but said we're not terribly concerned with putting a down lineman on the field, especially in passing situations. They had a number of them on Sunday where they have four edge rushers on the field and you have guys in that group that have been former 4-3 defensive linemen. Really, I guess all four of those guys have played that spot. Jones, Wanham, Davenport, Hunter in their careers. But they, I think if they decided four-man rushes were the way they wanted to do it, I almost wonder how much they would rely on some of these edge rushers to comprise that group, especially on third downs. I mean, I think you could see a lot Sunday where it's – we're only bringing four, but it's not Jonathan Bullard or Harrison Phillips on the field. It's Wanham, Jones, Hunter, Davenport, and then you play six or seven DBs behind it. I mean, I think you could see some of those things get Frankensteined in there. Yeah, we've we've seen, as you had mentioned, the shape-shifting kind of defense where they'll bring these edge rushers in and stand them up because it is more of an outside linebacker alignment for a lot of these guys. Um 
we've seen some of the stuff before with defensive ends shifting inside, but they need it. They need as they need Davenport. They need as many dif- difference makers as possible in that front and on this defense in general. Because as we talked about through those first three games and zero and three start, um, there's just not a lot there other than that. And and Davenport was a welcomed addition. We do need to be mindful of judging it against Carolina and an offensive line and a quarterback that you're not going to face very often and certainly not this week uh, in Kansas City. So the fact that Harrison Smith had three sacks in that game against Carolina, you think you think we should have some reservations about whether that could go forward? You, you would say that you are not, in fact, feeling 22? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so you, you, you tried it? Yeah, I, I knew that you what? were. <laughs> I knew. No, you, I was you just said asking the, about you said it was uh, one jersey more. number. You oh, said one more. Time for two more, it sounds like. Now, yeah. Two, oh, is that a Taylor Swift lyric? Time for, for tw- 22 more. I didn't Sorry. <laughs> Good try, Ben. Totally accidental. But I don't know. It's it's a weird game. It's you got the Taylor Swift sideshow. You've got the Chiefs not playing great. You've got this kind of expectation that the Vikings probably lose, but... It's the NFL. They could win this game, and if they win this game, then you're like, well, they're probably going to be three and three yeah. before you know it, and then it's like the season is completely redefined. So it's it's weird. I, they're at a weird place. Like all I want from this season is clarity to kind of know which way they're headed. And I, I feel like we're going to be right back into the muck of eight and nine before it's all said. In the hunt, man. In the hunt. I, I don't. I don't want them to be hunt in the hunt. And I actually wrote about that this week. It's like we're in this weird. There's like this weird fandom, this weird fan space where like. 13 wins is definitely better than three wins, but three wins is better than eight wins. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's some logic to that. I mean, I can understand why people would kind of have that approach of three wins is better than eight wins when you don't know who your quarterback is in 2024. And, you know, I do wonder, are they, you know, there's a lot of pretty good college quarterbacks out there. And one of them's going to play, play Saturday at Huntington Bank Stadium. I would imagine they might pop over there for a look at jj mccarthy just you know because he's it's close by there's no 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 uh, no harm in that but do you guys want to take a guess at who the chiefs leading receiver is in 2023 by yardage total yardage chiefs leading receiver through four weeks um, i do not think you will guess it is it pacheco no no ben did i even come close to pronouncing his name correctly you did Jarek yeah. mckinnon no um shout out Jarek mckinnon travis kelsey still at it no, nope. uh, Justin Watson. I would not have gotten that. Wide receiver. I don't know who that is. Justin Watson kid. has eight catches on 13 targets for 163 yards. I don't know who that and is. And to conclude math podcasting, the Chiefs just don't have much outside of Travis Kelsey. Um, Why? What, would they, what happened to all their guys? Uh, they let – Tyreek Hill. Yeah, they obviously that was the big move, and Juju Smith-Schuster was there last year and filled a big role, and he left in free agency for New England, and they filled him with – um, a bunch of guys, just scrap heap guys. Um, there he is, Tony, who the, was targeted against the Lions. This offseason, they talked him up as like this number one guy. And, and to get to the point of how the Vikings might win this game, the Chiefs have made those kind of shoot-yourself-in-the-foot mistakes, as we saw against the Lions in the season opener, um, and as we saw in the Jets game as well, where you might just get a pick six because Kadarius Tony tipped the ball up for you. Yeah, I mean – and. Marquez Valdez Scantling has been known yeah. to drop the ball yeah. a time or two as well. I think he's gotten rid of some of that. I almost said he's shaken that off. I did not <laughs> and already used say that. that. And that's already that's the, the key. You got to like beat him to it. Already been there. You got to beat him I, to I it. Might have done it. Um, but yeah, he's he's been known to drop a, a timely pass 
or two in his career. He has. They don't have a lot. They've got Sky Moore in his second year, a second-round pick, Rasheed Rice, another second-round pick. Young guys, guys that aren't on the same page as Patrick Mahomes, at least early on in this season. Um, so that would be the only way I would see the Vikings defense being able to keep this one in check because if those guys are catching passes and if they're on pay, on the same page with Mahomes, it seems like it could be a long day at U.S. Bank Stadium. Yeah, and it could be a shootout too. I mean, if they stop turning the ball over, they can score on the Chiefs, I would yeah. imagine. It's just... I think this game is more of a referendum on the Vikings than the Chiefs. And, you know, can they play a complete game where they don't turn the ball over? Then they could then they could win this game. We just haven't – we haven't seen them play a complete game all year yet, which is – How many times have we seen them play a complete game under Kevin O'Connell? That's true. It may have been week one last mm-hmm. year against Green Bay yeah. was the last time. And we heard a lot of that last year too. We haven't played our best yet, and we're going to keep getting better. We're still learning the schemes and all this stuff. And I mean, defensively that's probably true this year, but it, it shouldn't be true offensively anymore. And, and that leads to something I was thinking about this morning. I don't know why I was thinking about this this morning. I was like getting dressed. I was like thinking about the Vikings in the podcast today. I was like, how, we, we assumed going into this year that there was going to be improvement and that if there was one thing they could get better at, it's the offense under year two of O'Connell. But like thinking back to last year, like what? how much more of a ceiling is there for your offense when Justin Jefferson's already playing at like this completely elite level? And he's been great again this year, but I don't think it's been – anything really different than he did last year. Kirk Cousins isn't getting better. Dalvin Cook's not here anymore. Yeah, they've got a full year of Hawkinson, but he was here for most of last year. Like, where was the offensive improvement supposed to come from except for continuity? I don't know. Well, it's supposed to come from the running game. It was supposed to come from signing Josh Oliver, thinking that you could commit to that more and, and pick up some of the yardage and improvement of the interior line, which we have not seen. Um, having seven snaps of Garrett Bradbury doesn't help. No. Um, Oliver had a good day on Sunday, at least against the run. Great day, and that's another one where you know uh, I wouldn't be feeling twenty-two and repeating that. I, I just I don't think their rushing success is going to repeat against other teams. I think the Panthers are a really bad run defense. I thought they didn't even try to like commit to taking it away. I was trying to focus on Cam Akers watching that game back, and I had to keep thinking like they're not going to face this weak six-man front every every Sunday. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was the old scheme that they ran last year. Yeah, sure. And the scheme yeah. that they would have run yeah. had they hired Ejiro Avero as their defensive coordinator. Well, Those I, were the two finalists. And, and I'm sure they were trying to take away Jefferson and the passing game and all that, and, and you know it worked to some extent because the Vikings weren't a prolific offense outside of their own mistakes. But I think the rushing success, though, from yeah. from Madison and Akers looked nice on Sunday, and, and I think O'Connell called that a foundational thing that we could build upon. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how much that's going to work against – maybe it will against the Chiefs and Bears, but the Niners yeah. coming up, you know, even the Lions defense later on. I just think this is still going to be – when you talk about offensive improvement, it was supposed to be that balance, that counterpunch to Jefferson. Yeah. And we haven't seen it. it all the pressure has been put on Kirk. I think, the, I think the biggest shock from last week, yeah. based on what we talked about last week on this show, is that none of the offensive line was different. Yeah, that – that they didn't end up making any changes. Yeah. yeah. And I, I wonder about that a little in terms of how do they feel about how fast Reisner's picked things up? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I was a little surprised not to see him sooner. Now, yeah, there could be any number of things that are going into that. And we'll see if we can get to the bottom of that this week. But yeah, I mean, the, the fact that that didn't change at all, I thought was, I, I think they thought pretty seriously about it, but some of it was, this idea of if you were going to make changes at center, 
is that something you can try to do on the road? I, I think that was probably some of what made them just say, you know what, let's just roll with it. And they got through it, but I think that's a different story when you're playing a better front. I mean, you, you still have the fundamental question with this group of do you have guys that can win one-on-one matchups against dynamic interior rushers? I think that has been the question with a guy like Garrett Bradbury really the entire time he's been here. I think you have some of the same questions with Ed Ingram as for Cleveland. I think all of those things are still valid. So, and Brian O'Neill, I think, has struggled a bit this year as well. Some of that's probably we should account for the fact that he may not be 100% after the avulsion fracture last year. So that's probably worth factoring into the overall evaluation of him. But yeah, do you have guys that can win matchups against big physical linemen that have a good first step i mean when you lose those matchups one-on-one there's not a lot you can do to cover that up it it was interesting that they came off that chargers game and o'connell was talking pretty energetically about like yeah the the competition and practice with the guards the evaluation is going to ramp up we'll get reisner some first team reps and then it just kind of fell flat into sunday in moments where if they had a plan to pull at ingram for instance yeah for Reisner, those plays cropped up as soon as the second quarter where he gets beat uh, on a key play. Um, and, and it was that the one where Kirk got hit? Yeah, it was the interception. Yeah, so it led right to a turnover in the first half. And they could have made a switch at halftime right there in the second and quarter, and they did not do it. And O'Connell didn't really answer the question directly when he was asked, did you have a plan to like rotate these guys or not? Um, but he did say that he likes the way those guys have responded, referencing the incumbent linemen who were already in the game. Um, in terms of how they've responded to Reisner. It's an expensive motivational tactic. That's what yeah. I mean. That's all it is, it is. I do wonder how much they've gotten Reisner into the building and then just thought, yeah, maybe this guy's not ready to get out yeah. there yet. Yeah. Because I mean, he, he hasn't been in a camp and hasn't practiced. He hadn't put on pads since January, right. um, since the, the season finale last year for the Broncos. So I do wonder how much of it's getting him ready and also understanding that that was going to be a pretty weak front in terms of Carolina. I know they've got some talent in Burns and Derek Brown, but um, the rest of that cast is not scaring anybody. Yeah, just I mean, Justin Houston, although he's probably not at his peak anymore. But yeah, you're right. It's not the type of front that you saw on your previous road trip, for example. Um, what did we think of Cam Akers? Uh, speaking of new guys coming in, um, he gets 14 snaps. He gets the entire third series. He was an immediate three down guy for them. Um, but Kevin O'Connell referenced after the game him complimenting Alexander Madison. It still seems like it's very much a one-two situation. Yeah, I think that's probably where we still are. But I thought he did some nice things. I mean, you know, the the series right before the Jefferson touchdown, he gets the ball three times in a row, and really all three of those plays were productive. The the swing pass that he gets nine yards on. I mean, he did a nice job on that. I think making a guy miss and. You see some of that with him. I think certainly a, a more reliable, more consistent change of pace than maybe they've had with anybody else, um, especially if it's a guy that you can get the ball to in space and get it up to him out of the backfield. Yeah, I from the snaps that he had, I thought he did a lot of good things. It seems like they value, too, that they can just give him an entire series. Like It wasn't the big problem with Chandler that they don't trust him in pass protection still they might like him as a ball carrier but if he's in the game it's kind of a tell like you're not throwing the ball if you don't trust him on pass protection 
And it's important because they like to engage tempo a lot in their drives. And if they can't switch out personnel, if they're getting guys up to the line and trying to hurry snaps and all that kind of stuff. And I think Akers gives them that at least they clearly trust him in that kind of role. You mentioned the protection, all that kind of stuff. Um, Him as a receiver, he's also just quicker. I thought he was quicker to the line. The acceleration was faster than Madison. And he's somebody that has the same kind of um, power through contact that Madison also brings you. And so he just might be a better fit for bad blocking, I think. He's a stockier guy. I mean, not just in the sense of like he's thicker and able to absorb contact than I would have thought. How many former Rams guys do they have now? Are we? How many O'Connell, O'Connell guys? Is this becoming like Bengals? Zimmer again? Uh, oh, they got rid of Reader, so they don't have Reader. Um, yeah, Powell, Akers, um, and Cam- offensive players. guys they trust. In camp, the they had a few more. They had like okay. a guard, Jack Snyder. They had Troy yeah. Reader, linebacker. Okay. They got rid of a few of them. They, get, they like guys they trust, though. They coaches, do. Coaches always go back to guys they trust. <laughs> they do. have seen them do it before. <laughs> the coaches love those security blankets. They love, oh, we got to get this guy. I've seen him do it before. I trust him. Um, could you see a scenario where Cam Akers overtakes Madison as the lead running back? Uh, maybe, but they've definitely got more invested in Madison, right? I mean, he's yeah. not like on a big expensive contract, but it's multi-year, right? It's two yeah. years. Most of it's guaranteed. So, I mean, effectively, he's here through 24 unless they want to take on dead money. But he's also comfortable with, you know, he's he wouldn't be the kind of guy that was going to pout. He would still I don't take his so. carries and be like, didn't work out. I guess I'm not that on the broadcast, they did mention that coaches uh, told at least that crew that they challenged Madison yes. to hold on to the football this year, this week, and he did. He did. Yeah, he, he didn't. He, you know, three fumbles in two weeks, only one registered on the stat sheet, but two after the whistle was blown, his contact or his yep. progress was ruled stopped. All that Same kind of stuff. Well, O'Connell saying we got to get up and hand the ball to the official. Like we got to end the end the play with the ball in our hands every time was definitely you, Alexander. Yes. Yeah, I think they've been pretty annoyed with the fact that whether you're losing the ball or whether you get saved by a whistle that they're even having to put themselves in that spot. So yes, I I think if that were to keep up or resurface, then yes, I could see it changing that Akers becomes the guy ahead of Madison. Until then, no, I think the roles they have, it could be kind of this 60-40 type thing, kind of what they did Sunday. I think that's probably where it goes. Final predictions. Is Taylor Swift showing up? Is she going to be there? Mm, that's a good question. Seems like one that she could. Why don't I say good question? I'm annoyed by it all. Um, like you just asked me, like this probing. Like, great great Look question. into my soul. That's why I really got to think about this, Andrew. If there's any game that she could skip, you would imagine this could be it. Cause, it's a you national know, TV game. The, Look, yeah, we're flyover the, country. You're right. right. It's a 325 I'm, game, so right? So it's Missouri. national. But that, that, that was a Chiefs home, home game. game. I know. That's a Chiefs home game. She lives, I know. With, with she the lives, I know. She lives in New York. With the new in-law. With, with the new <laughs> wow 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 that taylor kelsey no i don't um yeah i don't i don't i probably i think she's probably going to come because it's a thing now and it's like a good point ben that's a national tv game it's a 325 game and the and the movie the eras tour movie comes out october 13th this is the last game before that comes out they're going to want all that well and if if you're buying that this is a conspiracy um Fox had the Bears game, right? Yeah, I think probably. NBC had network last one? week. Right. I don't know when they're on the ESPN. Game. But when does Amazon Prime get her? I'm not sure. I mean, that, but CBS 
has not had her on yet. And CBS typically, they changed all this now. It's not just AFC games always on CBS. But I, I mean, it would probably seem a little weird if she didn't. Uh, spend Sunday in the lavender haze, but yes, uh, that's another one. It is. I know. Um, I'm aware. Get it off my desk. But uh, <laughs> I, I guess I think she'll be there. I don't know. Um, Will she show up? I'm, maybe. 